Hey, hey everyone, welcome to the Texas Outlaw Running Talk Show. This is your host, Briston Rains. I'm the founder, owner, and Texas Division Race Director here at Texas Outlaw Running. This episode you're about to listen to is known as Shooting the Bull. Shooting the Bull episodes release every Monday, and we shoot the bull about running, fitness, and life itself. If you enjoyed the show, don't forget to leave us a rating. Thanks for tuning in, and enjoy this show of us shooting the bull. Good morning, Asher. We're back at the morning episodes. We got the coffee and everything now, huh? Yes, we do. What you drinking? I got the, you know, just some black coffee, man. Hey, hey, me too. Can you see it? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> for those of us, Asher just spilled that on his hand. Got a little on me. <laughs> I'm not going to attempt to show you mine. Yeah, it's a funny mug. Oh yeah. Hey, so have I shared the uh the trip about the trip when we went to the Ozark Mountains and don't give away what animal it was, Asher, but we had the animal encounter at night at, at our tent. Oh, uh I don't think so. No. I can't believe I haven't talked about that on this podcast because I know we talked about the mountain lion encounter I had back on tall tall running tails you talked about your hog encounter yep and so yeah, i think that hadn't happened yet and then we went and had that trip so yeah okay so we went on this for the uh, I'll, I'll give you all a breakdown so it was the week before i was gonna get married and or i did get married and <laughs> was <laughs> it was the week before i got married and it was the quote-unquote bachelor's trip and it was Asher and it was two of our other friends. One of them's from up north, and he actually had his first ever hush puppies on that trip. He's from North Dakota, <laughs> and then the other guy, uh, he's from Arkansas. And so, anyways, so we went out to the Ozarks as, and Asher was our guide. And I think I've mentioned this before, but Asher, um, his mind map just went crazy, I guess, and uh, we got lost a couple of times. But uh, okay, go on, go on. I'm gonna defend myself later. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you said you're gonna defend yourself later. All right. Yeah, man. Yeah. All right. Okay, I'll let you defend yourself later. But uh, we're supposed to go out to this beautiful bluff lookout, which we ended up saving it for last, which I'm okay, which I'm cool with. I'm actually glad we did that. Um, but we end up walking past that. And then we were trying to get down to the river of the Buffalo National River. And we ended up going on some trail that took us to like this cabin, this like old cabin from the 1800s. And let me say, even though we got lost, Asher, I'm glad we found the cabin due to us getting lost. And I'm glad we saved the lookout for the end. So just put that out there. But we were hiking down to the river and we had like water filtration systems. So we were drinking river water and stuff and uh, we did some cliff jumping. So we set up our tents and nighttime comes and we all decided to go to bed. And my tent is like on the ground. It is maybe a foot, a foot and a half tall. It's not very tall at all. And so I can hear everything that's just all around me or everybody else is up in their hammocks, you know, and I, I'm laying there and I hear 
footsteps. Like I hear something moving right next to my head. And I thought it was one of you guys getting out and like walking around or something. And so I yell y'all's names. I say, you know, Enoch, Caleb, Asher. Nobody responds and it freaks me out. So I charge out of my tent and then I look around and there's nothing there. And Caleb was like, what's going on, bro? And I explained to him what happened. And so we're like, whatever, we can't see anything. We're shining our light. So we go back to sleep and we're trying to go back to sleep. And like literally 10 minutes later, same thing happens. And um, we, we hear like this, like, it almost sounds like, it sounded like almost like a mountain lion, like growl almost. We hear growling. And so Caleb charges out of his hammock and I charge out of my tent. And then we're like, we're yelling. We're like, and then that's when Asher wakes up (laughs) to us yelling. And we're trying to figure out what it is because we think it's a mountain lion. We're trying to scare it away. And we could see eyes in the distance. So anyways, we can't figure out what it is still. So we go back to sleep. Then 30 minutes later, I I doze off and I hear Caleb yelling, get out of here. And he said, you poopy doopy raccoon. So it was a freaking raccoon, dude. There's just yeah. a bunch of raccoons, but that's that's not where the story ends. I wake up the next morning, and they unzipped my backpack, and they raided my backpack and took all my food. And that, they left like one or two things, so that was nice of them. But they took everything else, and I had this big pack. You know those packs at Walmart that you could pour boiling water into? It was a pack of food. I had that, and they took that whole thing and ran off with it. It was pretty big. Those freaking raccoons just raided our camp, dude. They took a bunch of our food. And so, out in the middle of the Ozarks. But hey, it was beautiful, man. We woke up the next morning, and I looked out. We went over to the edge where we were cliff jumping. And I sat down there, because I think I woke up before everybody else. And I was sitting on the cliff, and I looked out. And it was just this beautiful mist coming out over the mountains, down onto the river. And it just like it looked like something out of National Geographic. It was beautiful. So. Yeah, man, those those raccoons are freaking smart because they got into my pack too, and that that part of my pack has those you know little buckles, and so they oh. had to they had to undo them with their little claws or whatever they have. You know, every <laughs> everybody says that raccoons they have little human fingers, and so they got in there, they ate all my cliff bars, <laughs> all all my like nature valley bars and i just remember waking up and i went on a walk that morning and i walked through the woods and i was just picking up rappers bro <laughs> i was thinking like they really like feasted on all my food last night bro and the funny thing is is i had caught co- i had coffee cliff bars and so they yeah. were hyped up on caffeine were- after that <laughs> they were going off <laughs> yeah um the part where i woke up to y'all to y'all yelling uh I remember just like popping up and be like, oh my gosh, what is going on? Cause because the first time y'all woke up, y'all were like, it's a mountain lion or it's a bear or something. And I remember hearing the yell. And uh so that second time I was like, it's close, you know, because y'all were all shining your lights, like looking for it in the distance. And you were like, when y'all yelled out, you were like, Oh, I see its eyes, man. <laughs> I was like, oh my gosh, it's close. So uh yeah. thankfully it ended up just being like 
20 raccoons or something it was a lot of raccoons man yeah we shined our lights out there and we could just see like a ton of eyes man there was like there's quite a few of them out there (laughs) just a little beady eyes shining back at you man hey we learned on that trip man raccoons we learned about those baby raccoons don't leave your stuff like accessible by zipper or by buckle i i think you honestly have to get like a you know what a bear canister is it's basically like a, a big plastic jug that has a little screw lock on the top. And that's what I'll, that's what like I'll use for food whenever we go hike the Rockies or whatever. Yeah. Probably what we need for raccoons too. <laughs> little yeah, raccoon jug. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. Hey, that was a great trip though. And it was beautiful. And I mean, I had a really great time, but Caleb, he said that's the best like trip he's ever had in his entire life. And for those of you who don't know Caleb, he's from up north. He's from North Dakota where it's like flat plains and that's it. So, yeah. yeah. And he had his first hush puppy and he got to eat some fried southern food. So that was pretty cool. He also had his first peach cobbler. So Life-changing stuff right there. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Hey, so next or actually this upcoming weekend. So this podcast will already be published by the time this happens. But this upcoming weekend, I will be traveling out to Lake Texoma to cut trail for the backland, the race coming up. And I I have, haven't even touched the trail since the race last year, but hopefully we can make the trail a little better. Um, for the, If anyone's listening and they're going to run the race, we do have like a little log that you do got to hop over at one point um, when you're going through the hog trail section. That's what I like to call it. But um, Ryan Hill, he's going to be running the race. But when I posted on Instagram, I said, ask a question for the podcast. Ryan Hill, he said, what would be your strategy for an event like the Backland? And how would you train for it? And Philip posted about the Backland this morning. He's going to come run it. And he, he called it which I really like. He says the backland is a Texas sized last man standing at 4.5 miles every hour, every hour rather than 4.16 miles. And so, yeah, the backland traditionally is 4.16 miles, but I like how he he used the word, the phrase Texas sized. It is 4.5 miles. And um, so to answer Ryan Hill's question, the best strategy for it which Ashley can also chime in because we watched people last year. Um, so, and I mean, we've been watching a lot of the last person standing races online and stuff. Um, and then he also asked, how would you train for it? So I think the best strategy for the event, like the backland is to go out super slow and conservative, but also kind of switch up your speeds. So like maybe choose, two loops to where you're going to go super slow, maybe one loop to where you'll go a little faster so that way you can have some rest when you get back. Uh, I would switch it up so that way you're not using the same muscles. Um, Switch up the speeds. And I would just be very slow, um, especially in the beginning. If you're trying to win the race, start out very slow. Because once you hit mile 50, 60, it's going to be nighttime, super cold. A lot of people are going to be dropping out. And that's when you're probably going to be wanting to run your loops a little faster. Um, and then during the daylight when it gets warmer, maybe run them a little slower. 
So, and then as far as training for it, I think really, uh, as long as you just have a solid foundation of training, that it's really just comes down to willpower, and it doesn't matter really how you train for it. It just comes down to pure will. And if you're willing to win and be the last person out there running the race, then you can do it. And yeah. so, I mean, just build a solid training. And when I say that, I'm, you know, 70 mile weeks, you know, big long runs, like 20, 30 mile long runs, um, stuff like that. Train for it as if you were to train for a hundred mile race, I would, I would say. Right. So what's your thoughts? Yeah. Um, my strategy would be so my dad he did a couple ironmans and his coach would always tell him even if you feel good at mile uh he was talking about the marathon in specific so you've done the 110 mile bike or whatever the three mile swim already and you're in the marathon and his coach would tell him uh if you feel good at mile 15 don't pick it up if you feel good at mile 18 don't pick it up. If you feel good at mile 20, don't pick it up. If you feel good at mile 24, don't pick it up. <laughs> if you feel good at mile 25, you can start to pick it up. But basically, his whole thing is it's such a long endurance, endurance event that even though you might feel as though you can go faster or maybe you need to, there's no need because the possibility of you bonking at, you know, 10 hours of all out exertion is so high that you might as well just conserve it for the end, like the very, very end and maintain a pace that you can maintain. So, uh, I mean, I know that the backland can go for upwards of, I mean, who knows this year we, we can see a hundred miles we can see 150 miles. Just kind of depends on who shows up and who shows out. So, um, yeah, that, that would be my strategy is like, even when I feel good, I'm I'm holding back. I'm conserving for the very end. And like you said, I think a lot of it is willpower because four and a half miles every hour is, you know, a little under 15 minute pace. So um, I think most well-trained athletes can maintain like a 12 minute mile for hours yeah. on end, you know? And so the, I was going to add the one thing I like about the backland is 4.5 miles. So that makes it to where you're not going to see crazy, you know, three, 400 mile distances go because it's four and a half miles. And that extra distance has a huge impact on people's longevity. And so this race at max, I could see it going 200 miles. Like that, that would be with the world's best athletes. But honestly, this race will end around a hundred to 150 miles. Yeah. And I think, I think it's best year. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. And uh, another thing I like about the backland is even though it's that longer distance, the road section is um, more than half the race. And so that that really takes it off the legs. I mean, there's a little more impact, but you don't have to do nearly as much climbing. Um, There's a lot more flat to run on. Well, Um, the the road section as well, it does have that uh, grass section as well to where you can run on the grass or you could run on the road. You can run whatever you want. And it, that's two miles of the race. But Okay. A little under. Yeah. Um, and then the last thing I want to say is uh, training. Um, I think you just 
kind of like I was saying earlier, like you're training for the Ironman, you know, it's a long, long distance race. You just got to be out there and get the miles in and uh, just kind of prepare for 100, 150 miles. I think that's what you got to do at the end of the day. So. Yep. yep. And last thing I'll say as well, it's going to be very hard to control your pace. You're going to want to go faster, but you got to control yourself and you're just going to want to go so much faster but you really just got to trot it out 10 minute pace. If you could run 10 minute pace to a 12 minute pace, you'll be golden. So, so. yeah. And you really don't want to have a lot of rest in between your, your breaks because you'll get super cold if you have 10 minute rest between each deal. But if it's a couple of minutes, five minutes, I think that's good. So, yeah. Alrighty. Well, have any last words, Asher? Happy trails. Happy trails. And See you guys at the backland. <laughs> yeah, uh, we actually have six, seven spots left. So I'll leave, I'll leave the link below if any of you listeners want to come run it. Um, but yeah, I'll see you all next Monday on Shooting the Bull.